Philippians 2. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation in love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to His good pleasure. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character, because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him, so that you may rejoice again when you see him, and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and hold people like him in honor, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we read part of Paul's encouragement-filled letter to the church at Philippi. He planted this church and spent a lot of time reminding them of all the beauty and joy that comes from knowing God, from seeing how that impacts the whole church community. One of the things the Holy Spirit does as He lives in all believers is help create peace and unity among us. He works in each person individually, but also for the good of the whole. And in today's reading, Paul commanded the Philippians to keep the whole body of Christ in mind, to consider others to walk in humility and serve others like Jesus did. He also points out that the Father exalted Jesus and that the Father is glorified when Jesus is praised as Lord. Just as God himself is outgoing even within the Trinity, he's outgoing in his love toward us and guides us to be outgoing in our love toward others. 
And wow, that feels like a complete overhaul of sinful humanity, right? But Paul was confident that God would finish what he started in them. He repeated this idea a few times in his letter. In verses 12 through 13, he says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. He indicated that God is the one doing good works through them and even creating the desire in them to do those things, to will and to work for his good pleasure. And here's one important point of clarification. Paul's encouragement to work out their own salvation was not a call to figure out how to save themselves. If we could do that, we wouldn't need a savior. The context here, and in everything else he said in his letters, helps clarify that he was talking about living lives that demonstrate the gratitude and awe we feel for God saving us. This was a nod to the process of sanctification, where God works in us to conform us to the image of his Son. He goes on to say how we should live in harmony in the midst of suffering. This is important, because suffering can bring out the very worst in you. It can prompt you to be short-tempered and selfish and live from a scarcity mentality. But Paul reminded them to count others as more significant, not equal, but better. Wow. He said to look to their interests. That's what Jesus did, after all. As he closed out the chapter, Paul highlighted God's work through Timothy and Epaphroditus, who both suffered because of their aim to serve others. So they were looking to the good of others, and Paul was pointing out their work. This all helps demonstrate what Paul was encouraging his readers to do. Today, may your outgoing love point others to the love of God. He's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWave.